I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. It is VEASAN prime time. Clearly different hosts than Tim Murray and Sean King. I'm Danny Burke alongside me. We like to say long lost stepbrothers, Danny Burke, Adam Burke. Adam, my man, how you doing? I'm good. Definitely not Sean King in this chair today, <laughs> but happy to be doing this with you today and tomorrow. Be a good time. Yeah, looking forward to it. We got a big show today, of course, presented by BetMGM. A lot of guests to get through with us for these next several hours. Not the biggest sports day per se. We've had some early hockey, some decent college basketball games. Kansas TCU will preview that game. We'll talk more about the college basketball slate. Will Hill, he's going to be joining us throughout this hour in about 45 minutes or so. Uh, Jeff Erickson at the top of hour two will delve into baseball, even though it's the offseason, a lot of futures to be discussed, a lot of different rule changes, and we'll see how that's going to impact the betting sphere on the diamond. Uh, Sam Monson of PFF talk a little bit of NFL, perhaps the draft. We'll get more NFL with Adam Hill toward the end of the show. Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. How are those odds looking? Derek Carr meeting with the Jets. We'll delve into all of that. And our guy Josh Applebaum at the end of hour three to get a market update with some of the biggest line movements. But Adam, how about some of the biggest news of the day? Uh, let's start in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, I'm a, I'm a tad bit salty as a Bulls fan. And I'm saying this because there was absolutely nothing to look forward to with the Bulls this season. And I thought it would have been funny if they got Russell Westbrook, but it also would have been more entertaining. He's not going to the Bulls, rightfully so. Good for him, right decision. Uh, he's signing with the Clippers, Adam. Uh, the Clippers may be falling a little bit short of expectations thus far. Is Russell Westbrook going to do enough for them? I wouldn't think so. I mean, there's only one basketball, right? And if Russ is the one say. shooting it, that's not really a good thing with where he's at in his career. So that'll be the question, you know, and Jonathan Von Tobel actually just did a new edition of our Hardwood Handicappers NBA podcast for you to check out uh, where he gave his thoughts on Russ and, and the fit there with the Clippers. But, you know, it depends. It depends what kind of Russell Westbrook you get. Do you get the version where he's sharing the basketball, where he's kind of being a floor general type guy, or is he taking bad shots? Because we've seen a lot of that from him. So, I mean, the Clippers... Yeah, they're, they're doing fine. I mean, they're kind of treading water. Health is obviously going to be the biggest thing for them, as it is for most of these, you know, above-average NBA teams. But I don't think Russ is – I don't think it's that much of a, of a thing that moves the needle for me. Yeah, I mean, look, you know what you're going to get with Russell Westbrook. He's going to be a high-energetic player. And JVT had a good tweet about it, too. I mean, if Russell Westbrook plays the way they want him to play, be more of a facilitator, help out – on the defensive side of the floor, don't try to do too much when you don't need to when you got the likes of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It could be a good fit. 
right? Again, it, he's not a bad player. It's just when he tries to overtake the game, that's when you get the sloppiness, and that's when it's kind of all over the place, and he succumbs to the pressure a little bit, and he's not the player he once was in the sense that he can take over a game completely right now. But in terms of postseason depth, I mean, the Western Conference getting a little bit steeper, certainly with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming over could help in that regard. Yeah, and certainly, I mean, look, a lot of history with him and Paul George, so, you know, maybe they can kind of throw it back a little bit. I'll just wait and see. You know, I, I think it is kind of a challenging thing sometimes when you bring in a player like that. I don't know if I'd want to bet on or against this team, you know, in the near term, just because it probably takes a little bit of time for them to gel. Even though Russ yeah. has played with a lot of different guys, played with Paul George, I still think it's going to take them some time to kind of feel each other out once again. Yeah, right now at BetMGM, the Clippers 10-1 to to win the championship, 5-1 to to come out of the West. You talk about teams that may take a little bit to kind of mesh together. Do you have that same attribution to the Suns and when Kevin Durant tries to get infiltrated with that squad? Yeah, I think so, especially because Durant is such a high-usage player. And, you know, there's some guys there for the Suns that you'd like them to have the basketball. And once again, it's a scenario where there's only one ball to go around. But, I mean, Durant is such an impact player. The, the bigger question I have outside of him gelling with his teammates is how healthy is he when he gets yeah. back? You know, is, is he trying to come back too fast? Is he coming back too slow? Maybe he'll be a little bit rusty. I don't know. I think that's the bigger thing is, you know, seeing that Durant is healthy and that we can kind of reevaluate from there. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of NFL, some other news throughout the day. Daniel Jones. All right, apparently he's switching agents, as it appears, and that the Giants are going to franchise tag him. I'm kind of chuckling a little bit about this whole Daniel Jones discourse and how much money he may be seeing on his next contract, Adam, because I don't know why you would want to invest so much on a guy like Daniel Jones. Now, look, did he have a great postseason game against the Vikings? Sure, he went on the road and he played damn near perfect in that game. And his other best career game was also against the Minnesota Vikings. Unfortunately, he can't play the Vikings every single week. When he plays actual competition, he's fine at best, right? Dable did a pretty solid job at making him a sufficient enough quarterback in that offense. Again, when you just think about it, though, Daniel Jones is not a Super Bowl-type quarterback. I don't think it's worth investing that much in him, but it seems like the market tends to disagree based on that playoff performance. Yeah, I don't think that's something that I would do either, committing big money to him. I, I They're kind of it's sort of a crossroads, right? Because you can franchise tag Jones and then see what happens this year. See if this past season was a fluke. I don't think it was. I just think, you know, he fits pretty well. Brian Dable tailored his system to kind of work out for Daniel Jones. But are you better off just saying, you know what? We're going to let you go, throw the season away, and then get, you know, a top five pick next year where you can take a quarterback? Because a you know, obviously, quarterback class, too, presumably. Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of where you, know, you sort of wonder if you're the Giants. I mean, how much does it benefit you to franchise tag Jones, go nine and eight, eight and nine, whatever it is you're going to do, pick in the middle of the first round, you know, does that really help you? Do, do you really progress your franchise in any way? I mean, if Jones takes a huge leap this year, that's awesome. But, you know, then are you going to give him 35 plus million a year? I don't know if you're going to do that. So the I always say this about any professional sport. The worst place to be is in the middle. Mm-hmm. You either be really good or you'd be really bad so that you can hopefully be really good in the in the near future but I don't think Daniel Jones makes you really good he's not going to make you really bad either so like what what do you do you know it's kind of a throwaway year almost any way you look at it honestly yeah I think you're right Giants uh, maybe not stuck in purgatory per se but certainly in a tough situation with the whole contract in Daniel Jones but that's news out there you got to figure Washington gets better yeah right Philadelphia is very good Dallas is really good well maybe not really good but they could be yeah they have a lot of potential. I mean, but you franchise tag Daniel Jones and you go 6-11? and 11. And then you're banking on, what, Saquon Barkley remaining healthy right. too? I mean, he was a huge point of their success offensively last season. And the excuse can be said that, look, Daniel Jones didn't have a lot of uh, weapons to work with in terms of the receiving core. But, again, I, I feel like we've hit his ceiling, and it was those games against the Vikings. And it can only happen against teams who have similar poor defenses like Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, I I think you're right. It's kind of a tough situation for the Giants. We'll see what they end up doing. Uh, Adam, some other news. How about the Colts expecting to sign the Jaguars' pass game coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, as the new offensive coordinator? 
Uh, remember, Jim Bob Cooter back with the Lions as the OC from 2016 to 2018. Does this move the needle at all for you? Well, I mean, I don't know what the needle looks like because who's the quarterback next year for the Colts? You know, that's that's what we kind of need to figure out here. And, you know, is, is Cooter the guy? You know, I mean, look, there must be something that they really like about him, especially knowing that he's going to be the kind of guy who's basically going to be tasked with, you know, kind of grooming the next starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And look, I mean, the guy's worked with Peyton Manning. He's worked with Matthew Stafford. He's worked with Trevor Lawrence, obviously. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, had a very strong season this year for the Jaguars. So, you know, it's a guy that has worked with some pretty prominent quarterbacks, some young quarterbacks uh, at times as well. I I think that's something that, you know, the Colts absolutely have to prioritize. And, you know, I think that's why a, a, a lot of these teams are, you know, sort of looking for, guys that can really help them out offensively. And I think that that's something that, you know, they're going to look to do with Cooter here, especially with a new quarterback coming in. And then some other news throughout the National Football League. Rex Ryan interviewing for the Broncos defensive coordinator position. I think it was reported also Vance Joseph, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, con- being in consideration for the job. But Rex Ryan, the latest name in the mix, uh, currently with ESPN as an analyst, trying to get back into the mix himself on the gridiron. <laughs> what does this do for you, my friend? Uh... I know. I mean, the, the guy hasn't been on a sideline since 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes it helps to not be on the sidelines and kind of look at the macro picture and sort of see everything around the league instead of being worried about you know, your team, your division, your upcoming opponent, all of that. But I mean, the game has changed a lot since he was on the sidelines. It would be a pretty uninspiring hire, I think. What have you made about the Broncos really this offseason? Certainly the addition of Sean Payton, huge. I mean, you're really pushing in all your chips even more so now that you're stuck with Wilson. Uh, you're giving up a lot to bring in Sean Payton as well. Are you kind of just, I don't know, really know how to phrase it. Like, are we buying the Broncos or is it a wait and see type of approach? Are they inflated? What do we think of them this early on? I don't know. I mean, it's been so dysfunctional with, you know, the, the even the ownership of the team yeah. has been dysfunctional over the last few years with everything going on there. I I don't know if, if Russ can be fixed. I, I really, truly don't know that. I mean, there's a lot of talent at the skill positions there in Denver. So you'd like to think that Russ could, you know, cook once again. He's got the ingredients, certainly. But, you know, Sean Payton, I mean, Russell Wilson is not Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame level quarterback. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson... Maybe was at one point, but he certainly isn't now. So I'm not really buying much stock in the Broncos here, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, they're in a division with Kansas City and, and the Chargers. So that doesn't help. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a long road, tough test. We'll see what Sean Pate can do. We'll see if Rex Ryan is going to be in the mix for this Broncos team right now at BetMGM. Uh, they're 40 to one to win the Super Bowl, 22 to one to come out of the AFC. So again, a long road for Denver. We'll see if those additions, and we're still waiting to see the D.C. position, if they can aid Denver whatsoever. All right, we're about to hit a break here on VEASAN Primetime. He is Adam Burke. I am Danny Burke. Don't go anywhere. We've got plenty more to discuss. Next segment, we're going to get into our best bets for the evening. It's a limited slate, but still, we're looking for some plays we can dish out to you. I got one on the ice. Adam's got one on the hardwood. So stay with us. We'll be right back talking a little college hoops and some hockey right here on VEASAN Primetime. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. So download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back into the show. It is V-SIM Prime Time. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Alongside me, it is Adam Burke. We're filling in for the usuals. Tim Murray and Sean King live here at the Circus Sportsbook. Happy to be with you. Uh, we've got some college basketball tonight, Adam. Maybe not the thickest slate that we've been accustomed to. And we got a little NHL. I got one play we'll share momentarily. But I want to get your plays tonight, or I guess singular. You got one play in college basketball. Take us to UC Riverside, taking on CS uh, Northridge here. And uh, again, maybe a game that <laughs> not spotlighted as much as some of these other ones. But you look like you see some value potentially in this situation. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot of games to spotlight here on Monday night. Kansas TCU, obviously the biggest game of the night. Oklahoma State, West Virginia is another one. But a lot of Big West and MEAC and SWAC and just some very difficult games to handicap here for tonight. But, yeah, I laid the seven with UC Riverside here, the Highlanders. They won the first meeting by 23 earlier on this season. And, you know, Northridge just, they're a really, really poor offensive team. That's been a problem for them all season long. Riverside's a pretty decent offensive team, honestly. And, in fact, you know, they lost their center, Kyle Owens, a few games ago, and it's made them a little bit more of a jump-shooting team, but that's better for them. They're a pretty good team in the mid-range. They're a pretty good team shooting threes. They're 35.7% from three. That's 84th in the country in terms of performance against Division One opponents. So not really a whole lot that I liked on the card here. I only had a couple of things that I would even classify as leans, but uh, Riverside laying the seven here. It's a concern because it could be a slower-paced game. And it's always difficult to win by margin in a slow-paced game. But I, I just don't think Northridge, uh, the Matadors, I don't think they do much offensively in this game at all. Okay, yeah, we're seeing this line now up to seven in favor of Riverside. Total ranging anywhere from 130.5 up to 131. Uh, before we move away and get into hockey a tad bit, Adam, uh, for the other games tonight, I want to go through some of those with you. And we'll expound on this at the end of the hour with Will Hill. I know he's going to have some college hoops action Let's talk about this. We might as well start out with TCU in Kansas. Okay, the big game of the night. Uh, TCU open is about a point favorite. Now they're up to two point favorites, Adam, across the board. Uh, total from 150 up to as high as 152. What kind of strayed you away from this spot and not wanting to get involved? Well, the first game was was kind of an outlier, to say the least, where TCU basically went you know more or less wire to wire in that game, wound up winning it by 23 over Kansas. You know, Kansas just... They were 7-21 from three. They didn't shoot well. TCU very, very good at the rim in that game. But the thing that kind of keeps me away from it is, you know, and TCU is healthier now. And I think that's why this line is kind of moving in their direction. They did get Mike Miles Jr. back. Um, and obviously, he's a very significant impact player for them. But that was a really impressive win for Kansas over Baylor on Saturday where they were down 13 at the half. 
they erased that deficit very, very quickly coming out of halftime and then just blew the doors off of Baylor with that 16-point win. So maybe Kansas kind of found something here, too. I mean, they've won six of their last seven. They're just they're playing at a pretty high level right now. And even though TCU's got some guys back and people are kind of talking about maybe now is the time to invest in them from a future standpoint, I just I think that when you've got a marquee game like this on a night where you've got 18 college basketball games, that line's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. So I didn't really see a grand edge one way or the other in that one. So the narrative, too, I feel like people are trying to utilize or looking to utilize for this game and maybe gravitating toward TCU. And like you said, look, Kansas coming back in that game, very impressive. Simultaneously, you know, them digging out of such a big hole, one, maybe concerning, and two, it's just very taxing to then turn around, have to go on the road and play against a very tough opponent. You already got smacked down by in the Horned Frogs. Does this have any, or would that cause any concern for you in terms of looking for reasons to maybe not go with Kansas? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it'd be worse if they had lost that game to Baylor, if things had kept trending the way that they were and they just got blown out at home, you know, in a big Saturday game. That would have been worse, I think. You know, now you can at least ride a little bit of momentum. Also, these kids are young. I mean, they had Sunday off. You know, it's not that long of a trip down to Fort Worth, so not that big of a deal for them. Um, You know, obviously the thing is people are going to look at TCU and say, okay, well, they had lost five of six prior to that win over Oklahoma State over the weekend where they got healthy and kind of got back on track. Was there something more to it than just the injuries for them? I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see what happens in tonight's game. Uh, One more game I want to dish out before we move on to hockey. Again, we don't have to spend too much time on it because I know you don't have any official plays. Uh, I think this could be a pretty interesting live betting aspect for this spot with Duke and Louisville here. Louisville coming off that big win against Clemson. Uh, Louisville's defense is horrid, but, uh, you know, Clemson in that game, because I took their team total over 75 and a half, they ended up with 73, and I think they went 4 of 24 from beyond the arc, so that was a uh, bummer to not have that one come through. Uh, I know earlier on the Lombardi line, Patrick Maher and Josh Applebaum were button heads because Josh leaned a little bit to the under, all right, and then Patrick kind of liked the over, saying Louisville had been playing better offensively. At the same time, their defense is pretty poor, and Duke's really been a solid home team, Adam. Uh, if you had to do anything or some kind of lean, what would that maybe be at Cameron Indoor? Ugh, what an ugly game. It's incredible just how far Louisville's fallen and how quickly they've fallen at that. Uh, yeah, these two teams, we don't have a point of reference here for this season yet because these two teams haven't played each other. That's a little bit frustrating at this time of the year when you yeah. don't have a game to kind of go and look at. But, yeah, I mean, Louisville over their last three games, they've been playing better, certainly on offense, but... You know, is that really sustainable for them? A team that's pretty devoid of talent for the most part. And Duke is a team that they do a very good job protecting the rim. They do a great job defending the three-point line. Uh, I I have no idea what I would do with this game. I I, just, I see so many flaws with Louisville, but also, I mean, who wants to lay that big of a number with a Duke team no chance. that hasn't really played up to its potential this season either? Yeah, I would not want to do that whatsoever. They opened about 20. Now we've seen it come down to as low as 18. Obviously, Duke the favorite at home. Total at 137 in the hook across the board. All right, Adam, uh, let's move to hockey very quickly. By the way, you know, shameless plug here, VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast, yours truly, and Andy McNeil. First episode was released today, wherever you get your podcasts available. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're covering all the the biggest games on the days we record and then looking into the futures market. And Adam, speaking of one of the bigger games, uh, this one taking place in about a half hour or so, uh, we've got the Penguins hosting the Islanders. So these teams just played a couple games back, and it was a higher-scoring affair. Uh, I believe the Islanders won that game 5-4. to four. Pittsburgh had blown the lead. And then in this spot, you saw significant line movement, and that's because the Islanders missing one of their big pieces, one of their forwards, and Tristan Jari is going to be back for Pittsburgh. He's been out for a little bit of time, so he's got the momentum kind of swinging in favor of the Penguins at home here. Both of these teams vying to stay alive in the playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Jari at home, 10-2-3, with a 2.32 goals against average, save percentage of over 93%. Sorokin's taking the net for the Islanders, who is getting a little bit of love for the Vesna Trophy. He's realistically not going to win it. He's been solid, but the Islanders, the rest of the team, have not helped him out. His road numbers look like 6-8-2, 2.97 goals against average, save percentage of 91%. When he did go up against Pittsburgh in that last game, he allowed four goals. They had 44 shots. So, again, that game was 5-4, to four, very high scoring. 
Uh, Pittsburgh, a team that plays a lot better at home, plus 11 goal differential compared to minus 7 on the road. Islanders, a team that struggles a little bit on the road. So I like the momentum of getting Jari. The Islanders a little bit banged up. I took Pittsburgh in this game, Adam. I laid minus a buck 40. And even before the show, so I took it earlier in the day, and then Circa, before we started here on Prime Primetime, it was at like minus 141. And now you look across the board, Circa, for example, has Pittsburgh minus 155. Uh, 150, probably the cheapest price in Vegas. But that's the one play I got with the puck today. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, understandable. I mean, Jari's return should kind of help everybody in the lineup, especially because Pittsburgh's been a little bit shaky defensively here, especially over their last 10 games, giving up 24 goals, five on five over their last 10 games. But offensively, they're in line for a little bit of positive regression. They've had more scoring chances in the opposition at five on five. They've had more high danger chances at five on five. So, you know, this is one of those where they've got a little bit of positive regression, I think, coming on the offensive side. If it comes through tonight against the Islanders team, missing Matthew Barzell, as you mentioned, out indefinitely here, uh, then I think Pittsburgh is a good bet. And obviously, you got some good line value on it as well. Yeah, so looking forward to that game. Hopefully, it ends up well for us. Also, consider that Rangers and Winnipeg Jets game. We could talk about that a little bit later, but we saw some significant line movement there, too. The Rangers as high as, like, minus 180, and then the news of Hellebuck starting once again for Winnipeg on a back-to-back shot this line back down to about minus 151 or so. Uh, right now, you kind of, it's all over the place. As high as minus buck seventy, as low as minus 158 right here at Circa. We'll take another quick break here on VEASAN Primetime. He is Adam Burke. I am Danny Burke. We are filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of NFL. How about the draft and some of those props that have been posted? What are those odds looking like? Who is going to be selected number one? We'll hit on that next. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all of the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can also check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter handicapper year-round. So go ahead and check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. We are back here at the Circus Sportsbook. It is VEASAN primetime. Danny Burke, Adam Burke filling in for Sean King and Tim Murray. Long-lost stepbrothers. Our producer, Britton, has uh, claimed that back in the day. Well, I guess it was this past summer. So, uh, yeah, we had the sweater vest the other week. There's the beautiful Photoshop of us. Maybe it's not Photoshop. Who could tell the difference, Adam? It's true. Looks good. <laughs> we look very sharp. You did not hang on to the sweater vest, though. I did not. No. See, no, I, told... I uh, you know, the nice thing about Amazon is they mostly take no, just true. about anything back. That is in true. Return, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I said I was keeping it if I had a good day, and I think I hit like a couple bets. So it was part of that and part me being lazy. More so of the latter, I think. Well, you know, I mean, being superstitious is. You know, always a good thing in this business. So <laughs> That's fair. All right, Adam, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. And uh, this first overall pick, the whole discourse surrounding it, the Chicago Bears, what are they going to do with this number one pick? Are they trading Justin Fields? Well, for any of you who don't know, uh, I grew up in Chicago, currently reside there, big Bears fan. Let me tell you, Adam, they're not trading Justin Fields. It's a fun conversation. I get the speculation. It's not happening. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to trade Justin Fields to draft a quarterback, you better hope you figure out the offensive line at the same time because the one thing that Justin Fields does is buys you time to fix the offensive line because he doesn't have to stand there and throw and be a pocket passer. He can be a guy that runs around. And also they need to fix the wide receiver position. So one of the biggest things, you know, when you think about reasons why like high draft picks at quarterback fail, it's because they get hit all the time and they have nobody to throw to. Because if you're picking first, your offense is bad. The Bears' offense is bad. They have a lot of things they need to fix. Justin Fields covers for some of them. A Bryce Young wouldn't. A C.J. Stroud wouldn't. So, like, if you're going to trade Fields, I mean, you're going to have to get 
other first round picks and just hope that you get like a lineman that absolutely pans out mm-hmm. and a wide receiver that catches everything. Otherwise, like, what's the point? It makes zero sense to trade a guy like Justin Fields after. So his first year, you dealt with a bunch of nonsense with Matt Nagy and that clown show. Then you get a new offense under Luke Getze that was obviously, like you said, dealing with a lot of issues. No offensive line help, no receiving help. Now you have the biggest amount of cap space heading into this season. You have a lot of draft picks. You can add stock to those draft picks because you could trade away the number one pick. Why would you want to take a gamble on a Bryce Young, on a C.J. Stroud, than starting another quarterback in a new offense and trying to work up from that? And we don't even know if the, like, it's not like the quarterbacks, the top two with Stroud and Young, have that much pedigree per se, right? I I think the ceiling is absolutely higher for Justin Fields. I mean, he's receiving, I think at one book, I don't know which one exactly, had like some of the most attraction to the MVP bets. He was at like 30 to one, which isn't good in terms of getting a lot of it. But the point remains is, For the slightest amount of time, he was brought up on national broadcast being in the MVP conversation. He had no chance of winning it, of course. But the fact that he created some offense out of absolutely nothing, Adam, they worked with nothing. Getsy didn't realize till halfway through the season that they should mimic their offensive play calling like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, what everybody had been clamoring for before the season even started. So why start with a brand new quarterback who's not going to be as good as where Justin Fields is? We don't even know what Justin Fields can be. And now you're presumably going to get protection and guys to throw it to Chase Claypool uh, now into the mix with a full offseason. Cole Komet was emerging and we'll see what other guys they can get. And uh, yeah, it just makes no sense. If you're going to trade him, if anything, you wait till the year after. He has a better year with better pieces after this season. Trade him then and then you get a bigger uh, draft class not saying that they should or will do that but that would be the better strategy than this year sounds like you're a little bit invested in this outcome you uh <laughs> you could hear the fandom coming out in you and, and frankly i mean True. i don't blame you especially because again i mean you just took fields with a high first round pick right like why would you now go in reverse for another two to three years it makes no sense trying to get another quarterback to work out mm-hmm. along with fixing your offensive line there's so many things that they need to fix so Trading down obviously makes the most sense. Stockpile as many picks as you possibly can, unless you think that you know Jalen Carter is is absolutely the number one pick or Will Anderson is absolutely the number one pick. Trade down, trade back, add future assets, maybe get another first next year, something like that. That's what I would do if I was Chicago. But uh, turns out I'm not an NFL GM, Danny. I'm, I'm sitting here talking with you. I, I would have been confused. I don't know, but hey, we we trust your advice here. We like your insight. What do you think for first overall pick then? Looking at these odds, Bryce Young is your short shot, minus 120. C.J. Stroud comes next at plus 275 at BetMGM. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, 6-1. to one. The thought would be if the Bears keep it, it would be those one of those two guys. Uh, Will Levis, plus 750. Anthony Richardson at 40-1. to one. The list goes deeper and longer. So let's say, assuming the Bears trade this pick away, where does that put your confidence level. I know it matters what team would get it, but I mean, what are you still thinking? I mean, I feel like Bryce Young is the rightful favorite here. I get people wanting some value in Stroud at plus 275, but I don't know, man. This one's tough. Well, who's trading up for the number one pick? Maybe the Colts. That that would be my thought. Colts go from four to one. Mm -hmm. And then do the Colts want Bryce Young or do they want C.J. Stroud? You know, which, which one of the guys do they want? But who's going to fit, you know, what they're trying to achieve there in Indianapolis? I don't know. I think it's a pretty fair question. What we talked about at the top of the show, though, you know, they're bringing in Jim Bob Cooter, mm-hmm. who by and large, when you talk about you know, a lot of the guys that he's worked with, have been predominantly pocket pass type guys. Like Trevor Lawrence is mobile enough to be dangerous, but he wants to stand there and throw. He's not going to run around. I know Cooter worked with Hertz a little bit, but, you know, they also really worked on improving him as a pocket passer because we knew he could move around. Worked with Peyton Manning, pocket passer. Matthew Stafford, pocket passer. Passer. These guys are like Easter Island statues. They just can't move. So my thought would be, if you think the Colts are going to move to number one, I think they'd personally prefer C.J. Stroud. But as always, I mean, with any market, shop around. I mean, you know, you look at BetMGM, for example, Bryce Young is minus 120 to go first overall. At DraftKings, Bryce Young is minus 160. Wow. So don't trade the 40 cents. Just shop around for the best line on whatever you think the outcome is. But if I, if the Colts move up, I think it's Stroud they would take personally. 
I could see that. You make some good points, too, with the familiarity of who Jim Bob Cooter has worked with. That makes a lot of sense. And C.J. Stroud, a little bit better of a prototype uh, buildup than Bryce Young, who has been criticized for maybe being a tad bit on the smaller side. My criticism with Stroud was that he wasn't mobile enough in college. We know he can be, but perhaps it was more of a business decision. And you really saw him light it up. Uh, in that playoff game as well and what his ceiling could potentially be. Also, I mean, when you're throwing to Chris Olave and Harrison Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> and all these guys they have, like, why would you leave the pocket? Like, why True. would you want to run? Good point. Those guys are, they got five yards of separation almost every time <laughs> they run a route. So why would you want to run? Yeah, very true. But then he, I mean, he showed the mobility he showed in the semifinal this year. Um, still jaded about that, though. Uh, but the mobility he showed in that game, I mean, I don't know where that was throughout his college mm-hmm. career, but he showed he could do it if he had to. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe that's something as we go through the evaluation process that maybe more people will be talking about. Yeah, and also some other books, just to keep in mind when we talking when we talk about shopping different books and looking at different types of prop bets, for example, you could do first quarterback selected, and sometimes the odds are going to differ than the number one pick. So again, keep those in mind when you're looking at those type of bets for quarterback and all different types of categories for the NFL draft. Uh, one more in terms of the draft, Adam. First defensive player selected, Jalen Carter, as high as minus 175 in some shops, Will Anderson Jr. at plus 135. Personally, assuming that it would be like the Bears, if we're saying the Bears would look to get one of these guys, I would take the plus money with Will Anderson. That would be my thought process here because of the price and just because I think Anderson's a little bit better for the Bears situation. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they they need a pass rusher. I mean, we talked about they need a lot, (laughs) but they they need a pass rusher. What is... What does Arizona do three? Like if Chicago, let's say Chicago trades down with Indianapolis, as we're kind of speculating here, because I don't, I mean, maybe the Texans have a preference at two. Maybe they do want to move up and get their guy. I mean, that's certainly a possibility, especially because they have another first round pick. They have Cleveland's at 12. Not that moving up one spot should be worth the 12th overall pick, but you know who knows? But this, what is Arizona going to take? Well, they got a defensive coach now too, right? Right. So, so I mean, would Arizona sweep in? Take Jalen Carter, which I don't know if that makes the most sense. But, you know, it, would they take Jalen Carter over Will Anderson if the Bears are all of a sudden fourth? You know, I, again, so many moving parts. There's going to be smoke screens aplenty. You know, I mean, we still have over two months until the draft actually takes place. So all this stuff's just going to keep moving around. There's so many moving parts, and the trades are always, you know, the big X factors that you can speculate on, but you can't necessarily predict. Yeah, a lot of moving parts still to come. Plenty of time to speculate on what's going to happen with the NFL drafts. Going to be exciting what the Bears do with that first pick or if they don't do anything at all. But you know we'll keep you updated with that here on VEASAN. Will Hill coming next on VEASAN Primetime, talking some college hoops. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet, 
there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. And if your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Speaking of the East Coast, by the way, welcome back in. Prime Primetime, Danny Burke, Adam Burke filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King. But speaking of the East Coast, Adam, let's go ahead and take it out there. Our good pal Will Hill sitting alongside us. He's ready to talk some college hoops. And Will, uh, again, not the most attractive slate per se, but we do have a big game tonight. Kansas and TCU, my man, looks like you got a little bit of skin in the game. The Horned Frog's up to as high as a two-point favorite what do we think about this matchup, my friend? Well, what's going on, guys? I'm enjoying the two Burke offense here. This is a nice duo. We need uh, we need Trey Burke. We can get all three of you on here to, to uh, you know, really monopolize it. But uh, I like TCU here. And again, you mentioned the schedule. It's a light schedule. How we didn't have a day game on a national holiday was really kind of disappointing. I would have loved to have been sitting around with, uh, with some action today. But to me, this is a great game. Both these teams are not just good, but they're final four good. Uh, and they played, of course, a month ago. And TCU just ran them out of the gym winning by 23 in Lawrence, which, you know, you look back and that might be the most impressive win anybody's had all season. That win just ages better and better with how well Kansas played. I think TUC, I think TCU gets them again. I just look back at the first matchup. Kansas could not keep TCU out of transition. I think a 22% transition rate. TCU had 17 transition points. TCU is going to run, run, and run. I think at home they'll dictate the pace. Uh, and to me, Kansas, look, I, you can't call it a flat spot when you lose by 23 and you're in a revenge spot. But they, they beat Oklahoma on the road. They won in Stillwater, which is hard. Then they're down double digits to Baylor. They, they storm past them and win by double digits. Uh, to me, this is not a flat spot, but you can only bring your A game so many times. I think TCU is really good. They're healthy now. They got Miles back. They got Lampkin back. I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of the last four teams playing here in, in a month or so, six weeks. So I like TCU. I think they win again tonight. Let's make sure we prop Will up a little bit here. The current leader. In our Circus Sports College Hoops Challenge. Because you're not in it. They gave everyone a chance. They kept Adam Burke out of it to give us all a chance, which I appreciate. 15-9-1 so far uh, with your picks here over the three weeks. So good on you, Will. And, in fact, we actually match on this next game. We talked about it a little bit uh, a couple segments ago. UC Riverside and Cal State Northridge. So you and I both involved on a Big West game tonight, both on the same side. Yeah, that's how you know it's a light slate when we're both on the same Big West game. I like this UC Riverside team. You know, they played a pretty tough non-conference schedule. They played at Creighton, Oregon, Colorado, uh, one at Loyola Marymount, who's a decent team. Uh, to me, this is just a mismatch. I don't like laying points on the road. I don't like laying points in general, but Cal State Northridge is not exactly, you know, Lawrence or, or Duke where, where you're, you know, scared of the home court advantage. To me, Riverside's just a much better team. These teams played first week of January. Uh, Riverside beat up by about 23 points, I think it was. And that was without their best player, Zion Poland, who, who's a tremendous player. Uh, and they just got much better looks. They held Northridge to 23% field goal from the floor. They shot 50% from the floor themselves. They hit a bunch of threes. So I, I would have to think it's more of the same tonight. I think Riverside uh, pulls away and wins this game by double digits. All right, Will, let's go to Cameron indoor. Duke taking on Louisville. Talk about some line movement as high as 20 in favor of Duke. Now it's his. Low is 17 and a half across the board. Some books still have 18, but 17 in the hook seems to be fairly common. 
So do you agree with this line movement here? Was 20, was 19, was 18 too much for Duke to be laying in this spot? I thought so. Now, I, look, I'm, I'm not crazy about laying, you know, grabbing 17 and a half when I had a chance to grab 19 and a half, 20. But just directionally here, I do like Louisville. I think they played much better the last couple of weeks. Uh, they were nipping tough with Miami in Miami uh, a couple Saturdays ago. They took Virginia down to the wire last week. And then they beat a, a decent Clemson team that's on the bubble, beat them by 10 points. So I think you're seeing a really young Louisville team uh, not turn the corner because this is far from a good team. This is a dreadful basketball team, but they're showing some progress. Uh, and I think this line is just a little bit inflated. I mean, it's hard to cover 18 and a half, 19 points in a conference game. This is obviously not a vintage Duke team. So I'll, uh, I'll take the points here with Louisville, but you're cutting it close here with the 17 and a half, 18. Well, I want to ask you about something philosophically here because I see that uh, Norfolk State tonight, they're playing their last home game. They finish up the regular season with three games on the road. Now, of course, you know, senior day is kind of a polarizing thing, right? Some people think it's a big deal. Some people think it's not much of a deal. Do you factor senior night into your handicapping at all as we get to this time of the year? Yeah, that's interesting you bring that up. When I was younger, to me, it was everything where it's like, oh, it's senior night. They can't lose. They can't not cover. As you've gotten older, you know what? It's probably factor line. Sometimes, you could, like you said, you can look at it both ways. It's same thing with a lot of things. You know, these, this team is on the bubble in their home. They have to win. Sometimes, you know what? You can play the result with it where it's, you could say it's a motivating factor. And sometimes I think that's the case. And then you can look at it and say, sometimes, you know what, it's a distraction. You know, these kids get too emotional before the game, too hyped up. So, you know, it's like anything. I think if you pick your spots with it, you do okay, but it's not the, the be-all end-all. Will, I want to transition into Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, it's the offseason, but a lot of us still have plenty of interest in it. I know Adam's going to be doing great work covering baseball, as will you, and I always love betting it myself. You've already gotten involved in some win totals, it seems. And I want to ask you first and foremost about the Los Angeles Angels their win total right now at Circa at about 82, and the Angels always a popular team now with Otani and Trout. <laughs> Is this a year they can finally figure it out and make it into the postseason, or do we just fade them once again? I hope not, because I got the under, and this has become a yearly tradition. And by the way, anyone betting baseball, you got to read Adam Burke's stuff. His week, his oh, yeah. yearly previews are as good as it gets. They're just they're so good. Once you read them one year, you, you got to read them every year. They're that good. Uh, to me, the Angels. Look, their pitching's a little better, but to me, this is just, it's not the pitching staff of an 84, 85 win team. Otani's outstanding, but even he's only going to pitch like once a week, five, six innings. And to me, they're just too top heavy. Trout never plays 140, 150 games anymore. He's always missing games. And, and as he gets older here, I mean, is that going to get better or worse? Uh, Otani's been healthy the past couple years, but his first few years in America, he missed a lot of time. And to me, again, it's just not the rotation of an 84-85 win team. I don't see where the 10-11 win, win increase comes from. Uh, and it's interesting. They have Otani and they have four left-handed pitchers. Like I said, they're a little better with you know, Detmers and Tyler Anderson and Sandoval. It's not terrible, but that's a, that's a pretty strong division now aside from Oakland. You, know, you have Houston, who's uh, pretty much the class of the American League. Texas, you figure, is going to be a lot better with DeGrom and all the money they've spent the past couple off-seasons if you can get DeGrom on the mound. And uh, Seattle is on the rise as well, obviously, with that pitching, that young team. So to me, I just, you know, if Otani could get hurt, Trout usually misses a bunch of games. And if they're sort of teetering June, July, they have to at least think about trading Otani if they can't get him signed. So this is one I pick every year. Eventually, it's going to bite me, but I'm going to go under on the Angels once again. Yeah, you know what? I actually wrote the first draft of the Angels today, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. They've had seven straight losing seasons. Mike, Mike Trout has 15 career plate appearances in the playoffs. Amazing. And he debuted in 2011. Like, it, it's remarkable it's the way shame. they've wasted that guy's yeah. talent. Thank you for the plug, by the way, Will. The check's in the mail with that. Uh, <laughs> you have one other win total here. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this one because one thing that I kind of refuse to do, I don't play extremes. I don't play really low numbers or really high numbers from a win total standpoint. That's not scaring you off here at all with the Washington Nationals. No, I, I, you know, it's funny as much as I, I love your work and I read every word, you're right. I, I think you and I have different approaches, which shows like I do well in these, you do well in these, you can have different approaches. There's different ways to skin a cat. I don't mind playing under on these bad teams. I look for bad teams with bad pitching and really good divisions. And I know the schedule is a little more balanced. Now you're not playing all your division opponents 19 times. I think it's what 13 or 14 times. Now that being said, Washington, they still have to play the Mets the Phillies, the Braves, and the Marlins have really good pitching. And to me, when you look at Washington, I mean, Patrick Corbin's what, their number two starter. Sounds like they got a decent package in return for Soto, but that's not going to pay dividends for a while now. Uh, 
again, they're another team come June, July, they're going to sell off anything they can, anything that's valuable. To me, this is like a, a mid fifties win team. I know it's, it's expensive. It's, it's pricey. Yeah. They're banking on them being a hundred plus loss team. I think they're good for a hundred plus losses. Washington's going to be terrible. All right. Good deal. He is Will Hill at not the Will Hill where you can catch him on the tweets. Will appreciate you making some time. Always good to have you on and keep up the good work with the uh, college backs, uh, basketball competition. My man, you guys are two of my favorite Burks. It's you two. And it's always, <laughs> I think it's always Burks, but uh, you know, we, we'll count it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Good stuff from Will. Always good to have him on. It was. And, and look, like he said, I mean, different approaches. We're all trying to get to the same goal. But you can definitely have a lot of different approaches here, regardless of what the sport is. No doubt. Well, we'll look to keep up the conversation in Major League Baseball next as we go into Hour 2 here on VEASAN Primetime. Danny Burke, Adam Burke here at the Circus Sportsbook. Joining us, it is going to be Jeff Erickson. Which teams for him are trending up heading into this new season? And then the opposite, that'll be hit on next. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.